Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Lots of talk this week about hydrogen, right? You've been following the stories. Um, Going back to uh, the visit by the German Chancellor to our country, meeting with our Prime Minister, trying to address the massive crisis that they're facing in Europe when it comes to energy. We'll talk about that in a minute. You will not believe the costs and what they're worried about heading into the winter months there. Nonetheless, they're in Canada signing a deal on a hydrogen energy plan for a plant that hasn't even been built yet. Um, It's interesting, but hydrogen, 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 and not just hydrogen, but green hydrogen. Um, there's uh, Some kinds of hydrogen are more desirable than others, and um, it's basically, as we said, Europe trying to come up with ways to replace energy uh, now that they're really worried about natural gas supplies from Russia for a very good reason, cold winter months looming. So hydrogen is said to be the future of energy. How? How does it work? What is it? We're going to find out. We're going to get the details. Bit of a crash course here from Dr. Murray Thompson, who is a professor in the Department of Mechanical and Industrial Engineering at the University of Toronto and the Chief Science Officer at Aurora Hydrogen. Uh, Dr. Thompson, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate you joining us. Thank you. Yes, thanks for the um invitation. I think there's a bit of a learning curve for a lot of us involved here. We all know what hydrogen is. It's, you know, the most abundant element, uh, but it's not readily available on its own, right? You have to produce the hydrogen that can be used for energy. Just explain to us what the process is and what hydrogen energy is. Yeah, so so hydrogen is not available in the as a, as a raw energy source, it's an energy carrier, so you have to make it with some other source of energy. Um, most hydrogen in Canada, in particular in, in, uh, in, um, in, in Alberta, is made from natural gas, typically using called steam methane reforming. So they take, they take um, uh, natural gas or methane and they react it with water and steam and then um, they make hydrogen and carbon dioxide. So that's that's what most hydrogen in Canada comes from. But as you said, you were talking about green hydrogen. Typically, that means electrolysis. So yeah, there's another way you can do it: is take electricity and you can split the hydrogen and oxygen in with, with, from water. So bottom line is isolating the hydrogen on its own, which can then be burned as a fuel. Correct? Yes. Yes. So so when you burn it as a fuel, there's obviously no CO two emissions, yep. Yep. greenhouse gas emissions, because it's just it's just uh, water vapor coming off. Okay, so the different ways of producing that. Now, that's how we get into the different classifications, right? When we hear about green hydrogen, blue hydrogen, gray hydrogen, that's all based on how you produce the pure hydrogen. Yeah, and and in general, people are moving away from the colors, as they call it, um, because, because, um, because it's not necessarily very helpful. For instance, um, if you make, if you have so-called green hydrogen electrolysis from a coal fu- from electricity made from a coal-fired power plant, you'd actually have high CO2 emissions, right? So, so generally, the, the both government regulations and generally people are going towards carbon intensity. So what they do is they look at the whole life cycle of the energy from my, 
creating the raw res- from the raw resources all the way to the end use, and they say what are the CO two emissions over the life of that energy source, right? So, so so they would take into a, so they so they, therefore you'd have to take into into consideration, for instance, with with uh, with uh, electrolysis or green hydrogen, you have to say well where did the electricity come from? Was that right. renewable electricity? Was that or was that a coal fired power plant? Which is why when we take a look at the deal that was signed this week uh, and the emphasis on the quote-unquote green hydrogen, um, the reason there is because it's done through wind, right? And the electrolysis is wind-powered, so the carbon intensity of that is as good as it gets, correct? Probably, yes. Yeah, it would be be very low. expensive. Yes, that's the challenge. So typically, um, uh, you know, um, making hydrogen with electrolysis, so that's the green hydrogen, right, is, um, is it depends, but roughly three times more expensive than making it with natural gas. Uh, it depends where you are and the cost of electricity and all sorts of other things, but just as it's definitely multiples of what it would take to make hydrogen from natural gas. Right. Okay. So, I mean, it's the, the most desirable for the people that are really engaged in green energy, but it is also the most expensive. Now, what we're doing here in Canada, like yeah. we said, this electrolysis plant on the Maritimes is still off in the future. It hasn't even been built. What is happening, yeah. I mean, we've already got a multi-billion dollar industry in Canada, right? Primarily based oh, yeah. around the natural yeah. gas. Primary located in Alberta, actually. Yeah. Now, when we talk about natural gas, it slides down on the scale because now you're using fossil fuels, but you can... You can mitigate some of the environmental concern by carbon sequestration, and that that changes the classification of the hydrogen you produce. How does that work? Yeah, again, it it, it all comes back to carbon intensity. So basically, if you if you make you know, using a steam methane or forming, you take the natural gas, you make the hydrogen, but you also make CO two. Now, if you take that CO two and you put it back underground. Um, which is called carbon sequestration, then if you put it well enough, if you do a good job, and it, it'll stay down there for thousands of years, um, essentially there's no CO2 or there's only there's less CO2 um, emitted to the atmosphere. So its carbon intensity would be better. So, so yeah, so, that, that's, so, um, so that's what for, for in Alberta where they have access to depleted oil wells and stuff like that, yeah. they can they can put the CO2 back underground. So yeah. just, I mean, there is another, there's a, another, a third way to do it too, which I can also get into. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the, we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible, because we're already doing it, all while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Okay, yeah, I mean, those are the two I'm aware of. What's the third one? Yeah, so that's the, so Aurora Hydrogen, the company that, that I'm a founder of, co-founder of, is based in, based in Edmonton, Alberta, 
And it looks at something called methane pyrolysis, which a number of companies in, um, in North America and the world are looking at. And so what it does is a little bit different. What they do is they don't form CO2. They split the methane, and you get solid carbon and hydrogen. And the advantage there is you don't have carbon dioxide gas that you have to transport, pump down, and inject underground. You have a solid carbon, and you can either use that as a material, which is being done, say, by a company, Monolith, in the U.S., or you can you can bury it underground, you know, which we've done for hundreds of years. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's very stable. Solid carbon is very stable. Um, so, yeah, you can bury it underground and sequester it that way. So it's a different way of sequestering the carbon than sequestering CO2 gotcha. or okay. bearing CO2. So, yeah, so there's sort of three different ways that people are looking at. Um, and at the end of the more expensive... At the end of it, Doc, no matter how you produce it, how you come up with it, you end up with hydrogen. Now, some people are texting, and I, and I know that hydrogen is extremely flammable and can be very, very dangerous. So when we talk about transportation of hydrogen, what goes into that? How simple is that? Do we have the mecha- mechanics necessary to do that, or is yeah. this something we're also trying to, to build as we go here? Well, this is the big challenge with the Newfoundland project to Germany is that transporting hydrogen is very difficult. It's a, it's a very low density gas, probably one of the lowest density gases of all. So you, so you can compress it um, to use, at high pressure. Obviously, that takes a lot of energy, but, uh, but that's still a fairly large volume. So for longer distance, like if you wanted to go to Germany, you'd have to liquefy it. But to liquefy, you have to go down to minus 250 degrees approximately. And, uh, and so you're talking very cold and so obviously very energy intensive. And, and as you're shipping, obviously there's always heat transfer, right? So some of that, you're going to boil off some of the hydrogen. So you're going to lose some, some of your, your hydrogen on the trip to, uh, to Germany. And so, so it is very, it's, in the end, it comes down to it's expensive and energy intensive to ship hydrogen long distances. So. That's a that's a huge problem. So are we farther ahead? I mean, I mean, the, the question, I, I know that they like to say that we're producing green hydrogen energy, and but I mean, if you're talking about energy intensity in producing it, energy intensity in transporting it, all these sorts of things, are we any farther ahead, Doctor? Well, it, 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 it's all supply and demand, right? So, yeah. so obviously, if, if, you, if you could, so if Germany is willing to, so, it's, so in the end, it's going to be pretty expensive hydrogen. It's going to be expensive to make it. It's going to be expensive to transport it. If Germany is willing to pay that price, you know, that's, uh, you know, I mean, obviously, they think it's worth, worth it, right? Yeah, yeah. On the other hand, your, your Newfoundland is going to be competing against wind farms in Germany that can also make the hydrogen locally and don't have the transportation. So, you know, so it's, it's a competitive market. So, so um, yeah, so, so it all comes down to price in the end. Uh, so it's, so it's, what Newfoundland's doing is going to be clean energy, uh, but, but it's going to be expensive. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. And um, a lot of people wondering, you know, being here in Alberta, we've been told that we're part of the transition and we already have yeah, so much yeah. of the skills and the infrastructure. How, how does that transition work? I mean, people that are in the oil and gas sector, the facilities that we have, can they transition to hydrogen? How does that transition work? Well, Alberta is the, the biggest hydrogen producer in Canada, and I believe it has some of the biggest hydrogen plants in the, in the whole world. So um, Alberta definitely has a lot of uh, experience in expertise in this area um yeah so so and they and they in alberta also has the 
sort of the the old oil wells and stuff like that that hydrogen could be sequestered into and and those there's a there's work going on in both Saskatchewan and Alberta to look into that so that's the that's using um so you make so make, when you make the hydrogen you make CO2 but then you inject it underground so that's that's Alberta has a, a definite advantage there Alberta also has an advantage of cheap natural gas and uh and also uh, an increasing amounts of renewable uh, electricity too. So Alberta has a lot of strengths in this area. Um, the challenge is always how to transport it. So, so hydrogen is, it's not an easy thing to transport. Um, theoretically you could make hydrogen pipelines, but um, those don't exist currently. So it's uh, yeah. So, so Alberta has a lot of advantages to making hydrogen. Um, but, um, but yeah, it's, it's um, there's a it's, it's exp- it, there's a lot of costs involved in building up all that infrastructure, but, but it has Alberta has a great promise. Is the prediction here, Doctor, that you know you're, we keep talking about the cost and it's very expensive, uh, but technology will adapt and the cost will eventually come down? Is that the hope? Is that the thinking? Um, it definitely will to a certain extent. I, I think Alberta, with using natural gas um, as a feedstock, um, has an advantage that it's much less expensive than electrolysis. So it's right, the yeah. green hydrogen. So, so you're sort of, I guess you might call it. So in the the blue hydrogen is much cheaper generally than the green hydrogen. So that's an advantage Alberta has that can make blue hydrogen. Um, and again, we want to get away from the colors, right? Right. It's carbon intensity. So exactly. if, 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 so if you can take natural gas and make, and make hydrogen and not have a lot of CO2 emissions over the life cycle of that fuel, Hey, you're just, you know, that's great. That's, that, that's, that's good enough, right? So, so I think sometimes people sort of say, you know, green is good, blue is bad, but but it's not really true. It really depends on the carbon intensity, and you have to prove that. Um, you know, you have to show that you can, if you can make clean hydrogen, whatever the process. Um, that's that's what counts, right? You would think. You would think. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, doctor, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate you joining us. Great. Thanks a lot. Thank you so much. That's Dr. Murray Thompson. Uh, who is a professor in the Department of Mechanical and Industrial Engineering at the University of Toronto and Chief Science Officer at Aurora Hydrogen.